Hey guys, and welcome to the FitSets podcast. Um, so today we've we've got Josh Stewart, um, obviously life coach, nutritionist, and we've got him on to talk about um, an article he did, basically. So um, the article was called uh, Anti-Dieting Chapter One. Uh, people don't fail diets, diets fail people. So what we're going to be touching on is the conventional diet, the conventional dieting rules, easy for me to say, um, that you that you listed. So obviously the first one we had was you must eat every two to five hours. I think that yeah. was a, an okay. interesting one. I, a lot of the things, and I said this to Deck, a lot of the things that you put in this, because I've read it before, yeah. like, I agree with, and it's just, it, I think everyone has gone through this. Yeah. So, yeah, onto the con- conventional di- uh, dieting rules. No Just before that, we'll introduce Josh, obviously, motivational speaker, level three PT, he's currently doing his uh, master's in diabetes, is it? Come very close, yeah, obesity and weight management. Yeah, yeah. Obesity yeah, and weight yeah. management. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's done a lot in the f- uh, health and fitness industry, I know he does a lot with mental health as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very good. His article was fantastic when he reached out and asked could, uh, could we publish it for him. Um, it actually goes up today, and we're on Tuesday the 18th. It goes up on our Facebook page and Instagram uh, and LinkedIn, so that's fantastic. It also goes on our website, guys, so you can check it out there. Um, and I thought the title was fantastic, People Don't Fail Diets, Diets Fail People, that's fantastic. Um, obviously, convention and diet rules, uh, dieting rules, these are things that people will have been told by whether it be like some crappy newspaper article, whether it be on Google News, whether they will have seen it in an email. A lot of the time, it, um, they'll find it on social media. Some of these are actually like good points, but people over obsess with them or they'll go too far into them. And a lot of the time, I know personally that's happened to myself where I used to track everything, my sleep, how many times I went to the toilet a day, how much water I had, and you become obsessed. And I think a lot of the time, a lot of these are when people become obsessed. Yeah. But uh, Josh, you can talk us a little bit more about that first one. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on guys, by the way, as well. Thanks for the opportunity and thanks for letting me publish the article as well. And um, in terms of that, yeah, so in terms of the first kind of rule or principle you mentioned about eating frequently, as the research goes, what we found is that you know the, the the rule of thumb was that if you you know throw a log in the fire, it's like a furnace. It will just you know the more uh, logs you throw at it, the more bigger it will be, the more fast it will burn, etc., etc. What the research actually shows is that you know eating more frequently does nothing for your metabolism. So you know I used to set timers every two three hours, and it basically the problem with all the rules in general um, is that they, they actually reinforce disordered eating. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, even though it sounds like a cliche, it makes sense where your blood sugar drops every couple of hours to have something, but it starts to impede people's ability to function as a human being. Because imagine if we're out doing this and I'm like, oh, sorry guys, I need to go eat a meal. It's just, it's just not practical. Yeah. Um, and also as well, there's like a bit of a thing with like protein synthesis as well, maybe touch on that a little bit, um, that you know you needed like these boluses of protein every three hours, four hours, and stuff like this. Where there is a little bit of research on that, I don't think people need to necessarily go to the extremes of like, you know, these hyper Every two of exactly. And I've even seen it even more frequent than that, like every half an hour to an hour. Yeah. So it does get a bit extreme. Um, but what I would probably say to that research on the protein, and um, if you're having a bigger bowl, say if you, like in the day, you have 150 grams, that's your limit for your yeah. body and stuff like that. There's nothing to say that if you had that in two meals, it's just going to take longer to digest. So you don't need to frequently 
you know, stoke the fire, so to speak. So, and a lot of that goes out the window. And also as well, just highly impractical. I mean, I used to uh, even do massive meal preps for like yeah. a week and carry it to restaurants. I think we've all been there. Yeah, and, and it's just because you need to get it on the dot. If you don't, then well, your muscle's gonna fall off and you're gonna get it to the way. And it's just like, no, it doesn't, you know, it's a highly expensive tissue having muscle mass on your frame. It's not gonna like naturally just fall off your body. It's taken so many months to build it, it's definitely not gonna go in a couple of minutes. So, so I think that's a really good point. Like obviously, every, eating every two to five hours does develop bad eating habits. It develops obsessive compulsive disorders. Um, and obviously, I've been there, like I used to take weighing scales into restaurants and I'm over half, you just yeah. go mad. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, all right weirdo pulling out or I've even been in, well, I we've all been in restaurants can you microwave this to me I'm not eating yeah, yeah. Like, we've all been there and done weird things yeah. but like the flip side of that obviously I don't think people should be obsessing about it but when say if you have an athlete who's competing at like a good level say if yeah. you're like a, uh, an amateur powerlifter or an amateur weightlifter and they're trying to maybe eat for performance then I would say every two to five hours would be better for them, depending on what they're doing in their lives. Absolutely. And that's where I think it changes. And that's where I think, obviously, someone might have said to one athlete, oh, you need to be eating every two hours because you might be training every three or four hours. And then, um, obviously, they've taken that as, oh, they're doing really well. Let's do what they're doing. And I think that's where a lot of these rules, myths come from, if you see someone else doing it. Yes. Um, so obviously the second one is you must not eat carbs before bed. If I have a client yeah. in first thing in the morning, I tell them the exact opposite, eat yeah. your carbs yeah. before you come to, good. Yeah. to the gym. So like when you did, you did health MLT like, I think just before lockdown, and you, you touched on that. I did. Like, cause that, so my mum came to health MLT and she was like, oh, I get told not to eat carbs before bed. But then she goes and trains at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering why she's like so faint. Yeah. 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 And it's like that thing where you've got an energy balance at her. Also, like your body isn't going to go like, it doesn't work on a 24 hour clock. Like it's not yeah. going to go, yeah, right? It's eight o'clock. My body isn't processing food now. It just doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah. It doesn't know what a Monday is. It doesn't know what a Saturday is. <laughs> like your body is, you know, it's intelligent, but it doesn't work like that. If you want to touch a little bit more on like eating carbs before, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, another thing what you guys were touching about, on about then, if you were, you know, say if you were fasting that right before and then you've got a really early training session in the morning, um, you know, the you know glycolysis and stuff of like this and uh, the metabolism of carbs, it usually takes around twenty four hours. Mm. So really, when you you know say if you're training a heavy day on Wednesday, it'd be best to eat a really good day the day before, and that's going to carry through to the next day. So like you were saying then, um, also as well, depending on the the, the guru. They're gonna say different times. It is. So one's gonna be four, one's gonna be five, one's gonna be six. And it's like, oh well, is it six? Is it seven? Is it? And yeah. It gets a little bit confusing. And they've also done research where people have all their intake in one meal right at the end of the day and sort of way because they're still in a deficit. So yeah. again, I'm not recommending that. I think that's a bit unrealistic. Say if you're like mass building, to have five thousand calories in one meal is pretty unrealistic. Um, but yeah, so it would make sense to still eat before bed. A little bit of research as well showing that you can actually sleep a lot better having a bit of carbs before bed as well because it in, in, uh, increases serotonin. So, yeah, so there's no reason not to have, assuming you know your energy balance and your requirements and stuff like that. So, yeah, again, guys, as usual, the key is energy balance. The key is if you want to be losing body fat or weight, um, it's being in that deficit. And obviously, if you want to be increasing your weight, it's being in that surplus. And obviously, you can speak to your coach about that and what your deficit and surplus should be. Um, and obviously you should be tracking that. Uh, in terms of you must not eat sugar is obviously on the fourth one of the list. Yeah. 
obviously yep. that that was really um, big in like the early 2000s yeah like, oh yes yes yeah um, there was this whole well the whole theory behind it was that you know sugar and carbohydrate increases insulin yeah. insulin's a storage hormone so if you're increasing insulin you're storing fat um, what I would say is like if you look at the examples like on studies on olive oil yeah does have no insulin response yeah. and when they eat in a surplus they still gain weight yeah, and also everyone's insulin response is different yeah. like massively different as well it's not even like close yeah. uh, it, from male to female to child everyone's is very different yeah. and also like I remember being in like the powerlifting companies when I was like a kid and they were like feeding us as much sugar as they could yeah. in between sets yeah, yeah. and it yeah. is crazy like going through that process when you're a kid and then being told oh this is really bad for your unit because that's how it, that's what they say at UCLan don't you if yeah. I went to UCLan they were like oh yeah you don't really want to be eating sugars and stuff like that like, you're still taught this at high level education which is absolutely crazy yeah so like how are, how are we expecting the everyday person to learn and progress when yeah. you know high level education is still teaching it yeah it, it's mad and obviously you talked a little bit before about gurus and stuff and there is so many of them out there some say yeah. oh yeah I've done this research and it says at seven o'clock I lost this much weight could it have been that you were in a calorie deficit consistently <laughs> <laughs> like it is really annoying it I pisses think, me off I but. think this is where I like so James Smith honestly oh, yeah. his stuff is funny but it's also good content as yeah, well yeah. Like, and like he touches on that where he'll, he'll call people out on it like you get if you watch a YouTube video there's a certain person that we'll probably all think about who comes on advertising oh, yeah. it's like don't don't eat after 7pm well, like you're saying, you're still in a calorie deficit regardless. Yeah, yeah. But so. these guys put a lot of money into advertising, so obviously it, they are yeah. taken as the pros and gurus in the world. Absolutely. Just to, just to touch on that as well, when people say, well, carbohydrate increases insulin, if you actually look at the protein in the, uh, proteins and the insulin index, they actually increase uh, insulin just as much as carbs. Yeah. So to say, well, don't, don't increase your insulin, just keep it low. But also, then they're eating a shit ton of protein. Yeah, which is increasing. So the, the main thing is not to worry about it. And also as well, if you're having like most sane human beings mixed diet of, you know, protein, fat, fiber, fat, you know, everything, all the macronutrients, it's going to lower the insulin level. Um, so it really is more important to focus on your energy intake, the macronutrient composition, and then food you enjoy. So. And again, guys, the key we'll keep coming back to is just balance it out. You know, don't be too obsessive with any one diet. Don't be too obsessive. You know, we live in a world where it's a very fast pace and sometimes we might have to get a meal quickly. You know, don't think it's the end of the world if that meal isn't the best quality meal that you wanted yeah. or an ideal meal. Like, it's more important that you actually probably eat than not eat and stress yourself out over it. Like, yeah. we, we spoke about it on podcasts previously. That, that weird balance like find the balance like i think that's the biggest takeaway that we we said on a few of the podcasts and finally don't sway too much because then you're either not doing enough or you're doing way too much if you hit it right in the middle it's like the perfect for you yeah yeah you Which must is- not drink that is uh, <laughs> Well, this is a funny one. This is one that still affects me to this day. I don't yeah. drink, so okay. because okay. I was like castrated for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So drinking wise, yeah. Obviously, we're not advocating binge drinking or stuff like that. And maybe once in a blue moon doing that's absolutely fine. Um, the problem with it is, is that again, it's still based on energy. It still has functional energy inside of it. Yeah. Um, if you were to have alcohol in the day, what I would probably say is if it was one to two, I think most health professionals would say that's probably okay. Yeah. But every other day is something like that. Um, generally what I like to do, if 
your protein and your fats are essential nutrients, it would probably make more sense to do it from carbohydrates, take the yeah. calories away. So, you know, all you would do to figure out the calories in like a beer or a glass of wine, divide it by four and just take that away from your carbon intake. Generally, that's what I do. If you work with calories, you can do that from your calorie intake. And um, again, in moderation, that was fine. I mean, people know about this red wine and Guinness for, for years. Ah, I know. You know, so I mean, so we, can we, we explain that a bit? When we were cutting yeah. weight, we actually used to have red wine like to deplete our oh, right, nice. water. So, but I never knew what it was for. Like when I was like 14, 15, and they yeah. were just trying to get us to get to a certain weight. That's cool. They were trying to tighten us up a little bit, so they would yeah. like give us water, uh, give us. Uh, red wine. I hated it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard about that. Yeah, like uh, I think Kevin Maroney back in the day used to have like, coffee and vodka to try and make his muscle look more vascular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, obviously, yeah. red wine dehydrates you. Yeah. Oh, alcohol dehydrates yeah, you. Yeah. So it's it again yeah. balanced, a bit more hydration. We would say like enjoy your life. Like don't like not have any alcohol. Take it, take it in moderation. Like anything. You know, whether that be you want to drink Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whether that be you want to have a beer every night with your dinner, like just again, balance it out. Like Josh said, take it out of your carb intake, it's usually mostly carb. Yeah. And obviously just the other one that I like to think about is like, just don't drink ones that are excessive in calories. So like, I think one of my clients was having like three or four Copperbergs at night and they were like 400 cals each yeah. Yeah, yeah, plus. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, that, that is like their daily cals yeah. in Copperberg. Like, so just be careful with the ones that have got lots of sugar in and stuff like that. So to be honest, I want to touch on something you said to me when I first you first came my coach. You said if you want to go out and like drink and everything, do it. But you know sometimes it might hit your performance in the gym if you keep on doing it. Yeah. So that's why I think last year there was like a couple of times where I've gone to like a family do and got pretty wrecked. But you didn't have a go at it before. You no. were just like just plan for it as well, yeah. guys. Obviously, like. Take your own nutrition as you're a big boy, wear your big boy pants. Yeah. And if you go out and have a drink, have a drink and enjoy it. Don't be like, oh my God, my coach is going to shout at me. Ultimately, you're your own person. Like, uh, Alison, who's doing a one RMs today, like, uh, she was on a deal over week last week and decided in one of her sessions to uh, max out an axle. And then, <laughs> so uh, she had 31 burpees to do today. Um, and she was like, well, Tom's class was maxed out on Axel, and, she, and we were just like, well, you're a big girl. You can, you know, you can say no, you can explain that you're, uh, you're sticking to your deal over the week. So yeah, take your own responsibility for it would be a massive uh, yeah. tip for me, guys. Obviously on here it says no white flour, or colours were all white flour. Yeah. That is a massive myth, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have white bread though, Dirk. All oh, right, fantastic. What did you have instead? I had four bagels. Ah, oh, can't <laughs> That's <laughs> me. Yeah, we'll touch on touch on that one. I think the, the the main thing this is the glycemic index. Yeah. Um, I think the, the main thing of this is the, the study they did on that was basically done on carbohydrates in isolation. Mm. So the moment you combine it with a fat, a fiber, or a protein, the glycemic index is naturally going to be lowered. And mm. um, funny that you mentioned that. Um, usually, a classic client will come to me and they'll say, "I don't have sugar, alcohol." Gluten, dairy, and then I say, how many calories you know, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So just having an air by that point. Literally, you know, like, you know so. The other one as well that like I said to clients is like, they were like, yeah, but I have brown toast. Yeah, brown toast has got more calories in it. Yeah. You know this. And they're like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because brown yeah. toast, they said at Weight Watchers or Slim World, like, oh. it's less points. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Don't it's get, more calories. Don't get a rub deck. It's yeah. taking yeah. over yeah. your calorie yeah. deficit. That's it, man. That's it. And also, I mean, like, as well with brown bread, obviously, it's like, a, 
fantastic sort of fight. I mean, most of the cards I eat mainly like bread pasta, white tape, yeah. sort of So, I mean, it's still fantastic. I mean, that's really actually the only difference between white and brown bread. It's just the fibre tape, generally yeah. speaking. Is it because there's more micronutrients in it? Slightly? Slightly, yeah. yeah. Presuming the gem of the, the wheat a little bit more. So, yeah. you know, but that's about it. It's nothing, nothing wrong with white bread. So. No, there isn't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously, like, when I, whenever I compare white flour, I always say to people when they go, oh, I didn't have chips last night, I had sweet potato fries. I'm like, well, there's more calories in a sweet potato. And they're like, no, there's not. I saw it on TV. I'm like, no, there is. <laughs> they just don't yeah. believe me. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, that's it, yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's kind of like not seeing one versus the other is good. Yeah. Like they have different nutrients in both of them. 100%. And, and if, you know, if you're a small woman who's, you know, on a, you know, book 10 calories, you're not going to be having, you know, copious amounts of cakes and stuff like this because you're not going to have that metabolic capacity to play with. If you're a big giant like you guys are and you're training like an athlete, athletes, you're going to eat naturally more. Yeah. It's just that, you know... I think a lot big. of people do see that. Like, they, eat, they see everyone in the gym eat a lot of food and they think, oh, because they're training, they can eat a lot. But we've been training for like... 13 years like it's a long time to be training yeah. our metabolism has been getting quicker and quicker and obviously we're a little bit younger our hormones might be a little bit higher yeah. um, next one on the list is cutting out salt this is one of my biggest bug bearers like I'll be putting pink Himalayan sea salt on my food because I'm a geek and uh, I let someone be like ooh you shouldn't be having that much salt ooh someone told me about this the other day and I saw it on Gossip Girl or something like, <laughs> I'm just like no, sodium is fine. Yeah, absolutely, man. And for the most part, I mean, most people don't put a copious amount. They don't put one no. tub of Himalayan salt on the pizza. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit. That's yeah. all you need. You need a little bit, though, don't you? Just Josh? a tiny bit. Yeah, a tiny bit. And um, even like people before shows, there was a sort of myth in bodybuilding. You probably know as well, like the whole depleting of sodium. Yeah. And then they couldn't get a pump. Yeah. So. So sodium yeah. helps with a pump as well, guys. So make yeah. it look bigger. <laughs> there we go. Um, you must do intermittent fasting. This, this I know, this is, we've all sighed at this yeah. one. Well, <laughs> and in the same respect, like for some people, intermittent fasting works well. Like yeah, for yeah. me, I, yeah. you know, I have frequent days where I will not eat until my training because that's where I want the most food before and after training, yeah. pre and post workout for me. Yeah. And I just might not be hungry in the morning. Usually it might be a case of like, I'm really busy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think the cool thing about intermittent fasting is it dispelled the myth of eating every two, three hours. Yeah, that was the good bit about it. Go longer periods of eating. I mean, like you just mentioned, then so many of my clients don't get hungry in the morning. So rather than forcing a meal down, like I mentioned before, if you're a small woman, you've only got so many calories to play. If you're having all your calories at six a.m., you've got a whole day ahead of you. Yeah, if they've had eggs, avocado, on a bagel, of six hundred calories in, you've already made a half a dent in your calories. So it would actually, you know, it's kind of like the thing about. this idea of delaying breakfast. If you can push back your calories up until 12, 1 p.m. in the day, you've got all your calories to play with the, the last half of the day then. Yeah. So that might be an idea for people who are, you know don't have many calories, or they may be cutting a guy making cutting. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, a good yeah. one for intermittent fasting is if, say, you know you are going out in the no, evening. We, we do this a lot. Yeah. Like, if we're going out for like, a really nice meal in the evening, we will, like, maybe save pretty much most or all our cows yeah. for that evening yeah. so we can have a dessert as well. Yeah. And, like, Absolutely. it's just being a bit wise with your calories because a lot of the time, like, a lot of people, the most common mistake is you might be in a 100-calorie deficit every day and then at weekend blow it out of the window. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, definitely. And um, that's a good point to mention, actually, because I think a lot of people, when they're in a deficit, they'll do. So. I mentioned it briefly in the article of having a cheat day. Yeah. And then on the cheat day, they go into like a five thousand calorie surplus, and it counteracts literally the entire week. Yeah. Um, and then you're back to ground one, you're burning off the surplus you've created on the Sunday yeah. or the Saturday. So you're always um, a week behind. Always week behind. And then you're the minutes behind. So it's literally. crazy. Absolutely. And you're doing all these rules to get back in shape, and it's 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 like I don't I don't know the phrase putting a, a ramping into a square hole. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to work. You literally have to take a paradigm shift out of it. It's like the phrase you, know, you can't go deeper into darkness to ride the light. You have yeah. to go out of it. So. My biggest point yeah. with that one though would be cheat meal. I hate that term. And yes. we've all used it. I used <laughs> yeah. to use it with my clients about five you, or six years ago. You told me off for it last year. Oh, I did. I hate it. It's just, it's such a negative yeah. connotation. Like, yeah. I remember like eating a dessert and going, oh, it's my cheat meal. And then yeah. like, can't sleep that night. Like, <laughs> that's how bad like eating yeah. disorders can get. And I've had clients all the time. Like the most famous one is like, I say like I had a client and she's really funny. She won't mind me saying this. And, uh, it was New Year's Eve, it was like a party, obviously she was at a party and she FaceTimed me, it was like 2 or 3 in the morning on New Year's Day and she sat in the fridge door <laughs> with like a gatto behind her from Costco, you know the massive ones, yeah, and yeah. she's got a kebab in her hand and she's like, do, we, do I eat the kebab or do I eat the, uh, <laughs> or the, or the gatto deck? I'm like, Literally. if you sat in the fridge eating both of them, <laughs> <laughs> crack on, like, it's it fine. Literally. <laughs> Definitely what you said, it is such a negative connotation. Um, I had a, a bodybuilder, uh, Paul Revere, on my show, on my YouTube channel not too long ago, and we spoke specifically about this topic. And saying rather than saying it is like a cheat day, I'd rather call it like a strategic refeed or a strategic calculated higher calorie day yeah. or something. Because um, it is still part of your plan, it's part of being human. Like, you know, we're not all on diets. Even um, people who are at the lowest levels of body fat aren't strictly dieting 600 days a year or whatever it is. Like, you know, so. Well, the way I see it is like, I really enjoy my food. It's one of the great pleasures of life. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Like, it's, it's really, it's, it's that simple for me. Like, I really love it. So, yeah. well, I'm just going to do it. Uh, and, to, and like, I see, it's really funny. There was a guru that I used to follow a lot. And like, I remember I paid him for a little bit as well to be like a coach and I realized how crap he was. <laughs> like, he used to call it cheat meals all the time. And now he's changed his uh, method to relaxed meals. And all the people who are in the group with him who are like coaches who are learning from him, yeah. they've all started calling it relaxed day okay. or relaxed meals. So they're learning. Yeah, it's getting there. It's so we just changed there. So yeah. a question for you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, like, so I, I've known Josh for like almost 10 years. Oh, yeah. Probably longer. Long time. And like, your, your training's probably changed. Your ideas on nutrition have probably changed. What yeah. do you think about like, people that do change their opinion and stuff? Do you think, do you think it's a good thing or? Good on them. Yeah, absolutely, man. I tell you what, like, one of the worst things that I've ever seen is where, we mentioned about academia before in lectures, um, people get such an ego investment in their previous way of doing things. Yeah. Then someone like me, I'm just constantly changing, just looking yeah. at research, looking at research, so I'm not too attached to one idea. I just look at research. And then, I'll give you an example, right? So, someone in my old uni um, promoted chronic low-carb diet. Now, he has epilepsy, and there's a lot of research that shows that helps him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, he promotes it. Everyone does on low-carb diets, you've got to do it, da 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 Personally for myself, he struggles with hyperglycemia sometimes. I have to now my views on this have changed a little bit now, but like I have to have a steady stream of carbohydrate throughout the day. Yeah. So for me it doesn't really work. And um, throughout the years I've had a slightly higher fat diet and slightly less carbs, just the way it is just the main sensitivity is not as good. Yeah. Now, 
when I like, proposed the idea and showed him research on well, actually, high carb diets are just as effective for weight loss or for health or for well being. And he is like, well, I've just spent 10 years doing this. His previous ego investment is so strong. Yeah. To him to say, crap, I've made a mistake. It's too much on his ego and he'll carry on doing it. That's so common in our industry. People will do it to their nerve. I mean, Tom, about a year ago, said to me, he said the best thing he's ever done was he, he reads literature that is against his opinion. He knows he doesn't agree with that literature yeah. and he reads it. Yeah. And then that really sparked something in me. So I started seeking out coaches who I didn't agree with. And there was one recently, it was in on Saturday. Um, and I really respect him because he's always learning. Yeah. And But I still took some stuff away from him. Even though I don't agree with the way he coaches, I don't agree with a lot of his principles. Yeah. There was some stuff that was really good. And it was basically what he'd done on, every, on the program that he'd written for someone. Um, he put that intent next to each one, and I thought the intent was absolutely spot on. I didn't agree with the program because yeah. he was basically what he does is he gets squatters to squat to half depth because he doesn't believe in full range of motion. And he's a very educated guy. He used to believe in full range of motion, so he's evolving. So I respect him yeah. that he's trying something new and he's yeah. he's studying it as well. Like so he's getting clients and he's physically doing case studies on it. Yeah. You know you can't fault the guy. So it always makes me watch him. And I, I remember just taking a lot from it just this Saturday. And yeah. even with podcasts and stuff now, like, I actually listen to other podcasts that I don't agree with because I can learn from it. Yeah. So I think it's a fantastic method and a great way of doing it. 100%. 100%. Uh, ketoology. Oh yeah, uh, the keto diet, yeah. So, and um, just to touch on what we were just saying then as well, it's almost like as well, like not, not to bring religion into it, but it's almost like people who are like fundamental Christians. Yeah. And you say, well, this part of the Bible isn't necessarily true. My own opinion on the Bible is just for me, just stories of warnings and examples and moral lessons and stuff like that. Some people may claim that it's 100% factual, this actually happened. A lot of people do. Uh, 100%, yeah. And then someone will show the research and like, well, I can't believe what I want to do. Yeah. That is not intelligent learning. And it's the same nutrition, exercise, science, and everything else. So, yeah. I think with that though, like if you've had a personal response from it, and the reason why keto is a obviously ketogenic, we have a client, and it's very funny that today <laughs> we're actually doing it at two o'clock okay. with the okay. client who follows keto. Okay. But it's because he's invested in it personally, yeah. and he has a really good approach to it. He says it works for him, try it, it may not work for you because it yeah. doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a very big lad, and he's, he's lost a lot of weight. He accepts he was in a calorie deficit. Okay. He's not claiming that's the reason he lost so much weight. Yeah. The reasons why he does it is because it helps with anti-inflammatory reasons for him. Okay. So his knees are not swollen up as much now. And I say that because like, we have so many discussions with it, and we, we used to call them arguments, more debates and discussions about it. And I would show him research constantly about um, the ketogenic diet. And also, I've tried pretty much every diet under the sun, and I tried keto for a month, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was really fun. Actually, David, who just left the gym now, he's trying ketogenic at the moment. He's a diabetic, um, and it really works well for him. And again, it goes back to the point, it may work well for you, but not one diet works for everyone. Yeah. So like when these gurus come out with this is definitely going to work, this is de-, they can't say that, it has to be individual yeah. and that's why you should seek out a specialist who yeah. knows you and can learn or even educate yourself. So uh, ketogenic, high protein, low carb, high fat diet. A lot of them will try and keep the carbs under 40 grams, something, something, like something that. around 40, that. Yeah. They'll have things where they might go, oh this is a high carb day because we need to reduce it slowly. Um, at David and VJ for instance, they decided they didn't want any of that bollocks, they just went straight in at 40. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they didn't mess around, they stick it under fly. But VJ yeah. isn't adverse to going, well, I'll have a portion of chips today. Yeah. He isn't adverse to going, I really enjoy my real ales. 
because he has a membership where they send him some every month. That's so, awesome. yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Honestly, VJ is an awesome guy. Um, and he's like, I'll have a beer. So he's yeah. not like over the top with it. He's not like one of these, what I call religious diet bashers, which oh, yes. really annoys me. Yeah. Where they're like, you've got to eat like this. Yeah. Like, we used to have a vegan here, and I remember once, and I love vegans, but I tried the diet for a month with them, yeah. and with and we, me and Daniela and the vegan, we went down to uh, Manchester to try this vegan restaurant, I absolutely love the food, so yeah. I can't complain, and um, obviously, um, Carly used to make, from Little Vegan, she used to make us loads of vegan food, yeah. I don't mind being vegan, yeah. I could eat vegan, but it was the fact when he would go, Ooh, do you know how that cow died that you're eating? <laughs> I really couldn't care, mate. Yeah, yeah. He was like, ooh, do you know how that chickie's died? Oh, do you know what's in that egg? And I'm just like, do you know how many farmers have done this for it? And it, yes. I don't need it while I'm eating the food. Like, yeah. that's why I call a religious diet basher. Yeah, you just I don't agree. need to be there. Like, just share your knowledge, have opinions, guys, but make yeah. sure you do it in the right way. Absolutely. And um, just touching on the ketogenic diet as well. I would say recently for myself personally, because I used to be crazy high carb, I'm talking like 600 grams and maintaining weight. Over the years, because my insulin sensitivity isn't as good, so I have carbs now and I feel sleepy and tired and lethargic, I've had to transition to a more higher fat diet. Mm. And then not on the flip side now saying, well that means carbs are bad and this and that. Um, also as well, if you're someone who has good insulin sensitivity and you're on a ketogenic, you will feel unbelievably lethargic. When I did it, I couldn't even walk. You know, really? I was depleted. Um, and also as well, there's such magic that can happen with carbohydrate. And um, if you're in a dieting phase and you're in a, say you are pushing, fed say very low levels of body, like say for guys like still 10%, if you're getting very lean, there's going to come a point where being in a calorie deficit isn't enough. You're going to have to overcome like the hormonal obstacles of getting lean mm. where your body's saying I don't want to get any leaner. Yeah, which um, happens at like 5%. Yeah, it, and when you're getting really lean, it, you know, being a, a constant calorie say a chronic exercise, it's going to come a point where your body's going to start latching onto that now and it's going to start creating a plateau so you're just trying to maintain your weight to prevent you from dying. Um, so by throwing in even things like diet breaks where you have like a whole week that you approximate maintenance, the, all these new things you can try yeah. uh, or a couple of days um, like an adjacent refeed where you have two back-to-back days. Um, there's actually a lot of research shows that the back-to-back day is actually more effective than the one. I like to do that with powerlifters. Oh, right, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, performance-wise as well, fantastic, and maintain your weight as well. Um, but if you keep dieting like that, it's going to slowly slowly the rate. Um, so by having one to two days that you're approximating maintenance, which throughout the diet is going to be changing. Up and down, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you get leaner, it's probably going to get quite a lot lower. Um, and then by throwing that in, it, it increases your leptin, improves your like your hunger hormones, so you're not hungry. Because even like when you're dying, even if you're eating chicken breast and broccoli, it's going to come come point you're not going to feel full. <laughs> you're going to still be hungry. Yeah. Um, especially as like if you're training, like you guys are absolutely insane. Very impressed, guys. By the way, I feel very very small in the room. <laughs> um, you know. By adding that in, and also like just for example, when I was in my own dieting phase recently, um, I actually had like a couple of weeks of maintenance, oh, wow. and then going back into. I the, think that's important though to yeah. go in and out of that dieting phase. Yeah. Has anyone got anything to add on the keto diet then? Yeah. Um, sorry, do you guys were you going to say something? No, no. Yeah. So just basically, just saying the last little thing is um, in a fat loss phase, if you are doing, you know, extended dieting, yeah. it's essentially like extended starvation really isn't it yeah you're going to be eating foods even though they're high fiber high protein high fat you're not going to feel full all the time especially if you're exercising properly as well 
it's nice to have a couple of high days of maintenance cattle, you're approximating maintenance, which is going to be constantly changing throughout the diet, and it's probably going to get lower and lower and lower and lower. Also good to throw in the mix, maybe diet breaks as well. I was just about to say that. Yeah, uh, just having one to two weeks maybe at maintenance. I think they did a study on army ranges where they completely depleted them to like 4% body fat. Really, wow. really good study. And they took two weeks to get the hormones back up to scratch. So by having a couple of days at maintenance, or a couple of weeks at maintenance, can get the I know some bodybuilders have like really struggled to get the hormone levels back and had to go into therapy, haven't they? Oh, like yes. hormone yeah. therapy. Yeah, yeah. It's, quite, it's crucial. Because um, again, like at the end of the day, when you're getting that low, levels of body fat it becomes a hormonal obstacle yeah. it isn't just energy in versus energy out yeah you know you're going to have to kind of offset the kind of metabolic adaptations of diet so you know your body's trying to maintain its weight so you don't starve Basically. so so yeah so yeah <laughs> it's a very interesting one yeah um going on to this is a very one that i use with my clients is uh, you must not drink your calories at all costs. I don't say all costs, but I try and, say, I do try and tell them to stay away from yeah. uh, drinking calories. It's something that I take on board. Um, but obviously, you must not drink your calories at all costs. It's a bit extreme, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. It's like when we go to Coco's and we get that Calypso drink. They probably get it time. once a week, don't they? Yeah, yeah or, or when we went to Moe's the first time, you were like, yeah, you can have it now. I'm like, yeah, because we're going to go and like smash a session out. Yeah, like a four-hour session, yeah. no power gym. <laughs> so a, a Calypso 100-calorie drink is not going to be doing yeah. that much. No, no, no. It was no. like 40 carbs, though. Yeah, it was. It was extreme. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, uh, drink, drinking calories. I mean, it comes to the point, like, if, like I said before, you were a small woman, or even a small man, you don't have that much metabolic capacity, or you've been dieting for quite a long time, to have, like you said, even just a 100-200 calorie drink, I mean, you can have it. It's not that you can't have it, but yeah. it's, you're trying to think about the rest of the day. If you're waking up before work for a workout at 6 a.m. and you're having 200-300 calorie drink, it might be best saving that for something more, you know, you could have a whole meal of chicken breast and broccoli for mm. like, you know. You've got to think, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're someone who's not getting full, but you're drinking 800 calories a day or 400 calories a day, then yeah, yeah. you need to be swapping that for real food. Absolutely. I think it just comes to common sense. And a lot of the things on the list, like again, for me, it comes to common sense. But for the general public, they need like sometimes we need to dispel these myths or talk about them a little bit more because they might have been told previous uh, facts in the in the past that are not right, and we need to change it. Yeah. What's the next one? You must not eat red meat. Well, <laughs> red meat is it true? Josh takes longer to process through the body? Does it take about 48 hours to process? So, something like that. I mean, I actually did, believe it or not, a whole article on this. I did like 75 studies on, on this specific topic. Wow. And I'm never thinking about what you just said then. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about this relation with cancer. Because yeah. uh, if you go on like the NHS website, they have a hierarchy of cancerous foods and red meat right at the top. Really? Um, and stuff like this, yeah. So even the NHS can get things wrong. Um, what they failed to mention, they actually talk about, is processed red meat. Right. So, and when they've done research on it, it's actually the nitrous, uh, the sodium nitrate in the, the meat itself. Um, they also worked out if you had a hot dog a day, it would increase your absolute risk of cancer by 1% over a lifetime. If you eat a hot dog every day. Which most people don't. And that's probably so, the most processed red meat. Yeah, <laughs> which is one of the worst, yeah. yeah. So most people realistically are probably not going to have a hot dog a day. Yeah. You know, so if you're eating your steak or you're eating your ground beef, Oh, yeah. mint. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably fine, guys. And obviously, like what I like to say to my clients is again, just be varied. So maybe like fish, switch it up fish, white meat, red meat. 
you know, just don't be eating red meat every day is kind of how I tell it to yeah. me. Just because I, if I eat red meat every day, I feel bloated. I feel like it's heavy on me. Yeah. I love of course, it. it's like a it's like a boring thing as well. Yeah. Like like you said it to me. Like have a bit of variety because you're just gonna get bored and then yeah. you're just gonna like you're not gonna get to go that way. Yeah, and you're gonna probably fall off the wagon if you if it's too rigid. You yeah. are gonna fall off the wagon, or you're yeah. just not yeah. gonna enjoy the process. And again, yeah. you can enjoy your diet. And you should enjoy your diet because food is one of the best things in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, at the end of the day, we're all trying to bring adherence to a diet. Yeah. Um, I have a client, so you might have a similar kind of thing where they have that one thing just at the end of the day, and it might be a Snicker bar or a cracker, and it's so minimal to then like, if I just had that one thing, for the rest of the day, they eat absolutely perfectly. Yeah, my, so, mine's like that. Like, a lot of the time, like, you know, I'm big on my low calorie hot chocolate and my yeah, like, 40 yeah. cal hot chocolate. I yeah. absolutely love it. I actually wouldn't swap it for any other hot chocolate, like if it was a Galaxy one or something. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's really nice. So sometimes like, I might have that, or I might have my, my Heartless jelly that's like 10 calories. Yeah. So everyone has that little thing that they might want. Yeah. That little thing could be like a dessert, and you might save you 400 calories for that dessert somewhere else in the day. Yeah. But obviously, like it's, I always tell my clients, like, what could you not live without on your diet? Like, What is the favorite yeah. thing? What do you look forward to the most? Yeah. And then make sure you just keep it in. That could be like Josh had a Snickers bar, it could be a piece of chocolate. I have a client like Sarah, you know, Martin's wife. Oh, yeah. She, she has like two pieces of chocolate with a brew and a biscuit. You know, she's done it since she was like four year old. She isn't yeah. going to change that habit. She Absolutely. really enjoys it, it yeah. reminds her of her childhood. Why not do that? It's only going to be detriment to stop that. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Obviously, on here, it says about you mustn't eat any processed food even in moderation obviously that's a massive myth yeah you know yeah. moderation is the key to everything yeah. talk a little bit more about processed foods yeah that has a really really bad name yeah absolutely yeah i mean also the term processed food i mean you can argue bread is processed food yeah i said know. this i said like yeah. i said to a client once they were like, oh yeah i don't eat processed food i was like do you eat fruit and veg yeah it's yeah. processed yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you think they spray on it to make it grow that's yeah. a process. Absolutely. Protein chain process. Yeah, or half yeah, it's yeah. frozen before yeah. it gets to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Like, I just tried to explain to her that pretty much everything she eats is processed. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so de- defining that term. And then also as well, I think what we're trying to lead to is like the kind of heavy refined, the high saturated fat, high sugar content feed. Um, the, pro- the problem with this is, is like people have tried to do this for years. And the, the thing that I've actually tried to mention in the article is this kind of hidden eating disorder called orthorexia nervosa which is this obsession with eating food that we consider or perceive to be healthy. Yeah. Which every person is going to be different. Yeah. Have a whole set of different hierarchies. I think every human naturally does that though. Yeah. Go, yeah. Ooh, you yeah. should be eating that. Like, yeah. Mother-in-law is always like that to me. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. We're, we're almost indoctrinated with this kind of ultra-professionistic, counterproductive style of eating. Yeah. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, I've seen it, and even the people who claim that they eat so perfectly and they're so wondrous and godlike, I've seen them fall the wagon so hard, yeah. and it's almost uncontrollable. Um, you know, like I said, eating these like very, very perfectionistic styles of diets, and then come the weekend, they just promote binge eating disorder, and then it's absolutely fine, we'll do it all again. Yeah. And it's like, it's this is Cycle. It's a vicious cycle, and you know, it's going from these massive fluctuations in your weight, it's going to have a massive fluctuation in your confidence, your self esteem. It isn't just uh, your diet. Um, but like with my work, um, I try and promote what the actual World Health Organization promotes as being healthy. 
yeah, health isn't just being free from disease, but having mental, social, and physical well-being. I love it. Yeah, it's having that synergy. Um, and people will say, well, it's only food, it doesn't really matter that much, it's not going to affect your life. But I guarantee if you're doing any of all these rules in combination, or at least a few of them, your social life is going to be non-existent. You're going to be yeah. having so much time and space, you're thinking about food, avoiding food, avoiding people's situations. And I would argue as well, you're going to be very malnourished as well if you're going to do this. Um, so in terms of refined foods for this, there is actually a small percentage of your calorie intake called the discre- discretion in calorie allowance, which, which has been studied in research. It says a small percentage of energy intake can come from foods at anything you want, as long as you fit it into your requirements. So obviously yeah. for like, you mean Gannett is going to be completely different, yeah. um, but you're allowed to have that. And also just as a little, this is a bit of an extreme example, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, we all know about supersize me. Yeah, uh, yeah. This guy, uh, Morgan Spoke, whatever his name is, uh, did this, this calorie challenge and he had mainly just Mackies for 30 days. He failed to mention that he had a surplus of around 2,500 calories or 5,000 calories. So it was naturally in game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always in a surplus. If any of us were in a surplus, we'd just be eating chicken every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same thing. Yeah, so even, way even if it was apples, if I was in a surplus, I would still gain weight. Um, he also did another rendition of that called Downsize Me. Uh, and they basically did the same thing for 30 days. The guy monitored his calorie intake with Mackey's. Now, I'm not recommending this, but this is what he did. He monitored his calorie intake. He also weight trained and did cardio. He managed to lower his bad cholesterol, raise his good cholesterol, and lost about 10% body fat, and he was ripped. And he was a middle-aged man. So, just goes to show, again, I'm not recommending that, but it just goes to show that you're tactical about it. It's all about calories in versus calories out. It's all about energy balance. And also, I think, when we talk about nutrition, for me, it's so important to talk about the mental health side of things. It's so important, like Josh touching on it, with the social side of things. You have to have that balance, yeah? You have to be able to go out with your friends and enjoy your meal. Because, again, people say, oh, no, no, but it doesn't really matter. Food's just, like, for performance. Some days food may be just for performance, but for me, it's got to be something you enjoy. A lot of the time, when we are eating, it's a social activity or a social event as well. So you have to find that balance, you know? It's got to be, you know, it's got to be how you want it and what you need in your life at that time. Sometimes it may be, you know, you're going home, you might be absolutely slammed at work, you might be going for a promotion. It might be you to get takeaway every night for a week while you're working really really hard and that might set you up for the next five ten years or you can decide i know i'm going to eat really healthy it's going to affect everyone in my house everyone in my life you know i'm going to be really bitchy really moody i'm going to be horrible to everyone it's going to make me feel like shit but it's okay i've lost a pound <laughs> that it just makes no sense to me yeah yeah um, um, yeah, and the last topic that we're going to talk about today is fat makes you fat. I mean, okay. a lot of people, oh, that's got a lot of fat on that state deck, you're going to be a fat tomorrow. <laughs> like, that happens. The, the people say is, these things. My mum my, my said this like a few years back, and this is when I started like increasing my knowledge. Yeah. And then I was like, the, the concept isn't particularly stupid though, because fat is a has more calories in it yeah so for that uh, fair enough but fat itself doesn't create fat yeah, yeah and i mean i was like it is a sh- in my head in my head it's a stupid concept because it's not the only macronutrient yeah. it's not the only thing we're eating like you'd have to eat a shitload to be over you to be in a surplus yeah. Yeah. of just fat and and also like this is what i always say to clients it foods don't just come in fats they are always like covered in different micronutrients and macronutrients like they don't just come solely this is just a piece of fat this is just a protein sauce yeah. this is just a carbohydrate sauce they will be multifaceted in terms of they will have different macronutrients here yeah absolutely yeah 100% what you guys have said then yeah um, I would say yeah we'll kind of touch on what Ganesha said then 
and obviously yeah, it's nine calories per gram, so it's, it's naturally more calorically dense. So even if I have a small portion of, uh, say, like almonds, which is naturally, you know, most people would argue is a healthy food, air quote, yeah. um, you, you have to be quite careful with your portion size because yeah. you might see that as just a small portion you have, but that's probably quite a lot of calories. So I think 30 grams of almonds is about 350 calories, isn't it? Yeah, so, so uh, that's pretty high, like we were saying yeah. before, depending on your state of the diet and what your goal is. You might have to exchange that for something else. So I have, well, I have that as part of your day. It's absolutely fine. And mm. um, also as well, I think is, you know, I think because of the ketogenic, that's another thing that's dispelled down. And yeah. Where people look at it as like that's ridiculous. So they sort of balanced each other, which yeah. I think is great with some of these diets that they've yeah. got rid of other things. Absolutely, yeah. You see one ideology and it collapses the other, and um, they just contradict each other. And I think with especially with like higher fat diets, I mean, literally low fat diets statistically have shown to be the most crap up people the most. Really? Cravings go out of the roof. Hormones. Hormones, yeah. Uh, sleep patterns disturbed. Um, so also there's like there's also a neurological benefit. You focus more on high fatty foods rather than having peaks and valleys in your blood sugar with carbohydrate. Depends on the person of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so again, what you guys are saying then, have it in moderation and have it structured into your calorie intake. Just be about being, you know, mindful with your eating. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Guys if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about Josh, um, please Give us your social media. Yeah. Where can we find you? So pretty much, yeah, you can find me. Best way probably to find me is on Facebook. I'm there the most. So yeah. Joshua Leo Stewart on Facebook. You can also find me links on there to Power Recovery, which is my own kind of business and finally get up and running. Uh, also on YouTube, Power Recovery got a channel there. There's links all on my Facebook. Um, I just want to say actually one more thing. <laughs> yeah, one more thing. Um, just kind of what I mentioned at the start of the article. Um, I mentioned a few studies, and one of them is that it shows that 95% of diets do not work. Yeah. That is a crazy statistic. Yeah. Um, 95%. And that's why people can resell them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's it's like the blind leading the blind. Yeah. You know, um, all these rules do not work. And um, people are, you know, at the end of the day, we're all vulnerable to this stuff because we're impatient. We wanted it yesterday, um, and we want results now. And we have a lot of insecurities around our weight and appearance like this, and how we're looking for other people. So I understand, I understand it. I can empathise with it. Um, but yeah, so ninety-five percent of these diets do not work. People can't sustain the lifestyle necessary to adhere to all these rules. Yeah. The, like if I'm out and about and I have to eat every two or three hours, I'm gonna have to pack loads of food for me. I'm gonna have to go say no to my girlfriend going out for for a meal. Um, I have to make sure I time my meals correctly. It's just that all these rules create so much chronic stress in our lives. Yeah. That it's almost counterproductive. This this is not. Well, it is counterproductive. That yeah. cortisol's rising. Yeah. You know, like stressing out over food. I'm getting anxious around people and situations with food. It, it's one after the other. And the second one I want to finish on was. Um, that they showed basically, I think it was a Harvard, I can't remember if it was a Harvard study or not, uh, basically after the first year of dieting, most people uh, at highest 95% or 90% usually put all the weight on, they've lost. Yeah. After the first five, they've added more, if not doubled the weight sometimes. That's this crazy is, yeah. stuff. So in terms of that, we have to be really careful with this stuff, and especially as like health practitioners, like we don't want to be promoting disordered eating and having distorted body images and low confidence and low self-esteem. So, you know, the fact we're doing this podcast and stuff like, you know, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I think 95% of those diets that fail promote 100% of eating disorders. Yeah, 100% of them yeah, promote eating not. disorders. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you could give one tip on nutrition from every yeah. one of us, 
What would it be, Josh? What would your one tip be on nutrition? Oh, God. Do you know, I would actually give you a, a tip which is more of a psychological tip. Okay. And it is to practice self-compassion with your eating. Okay. Um, so, for example, I actually have a client at the moment who literally just pays me to get a better relationship with food with her. Right. That's it. We don't do any body transformation, yeah. weights and this, that. That's all she pays me for. Wow. Um, and it's this idea of installing this kind of self-compassionate dialogue. Um, so if, say, for example, you, you're hearing a lot of this stuff and you think, well, you know what? I've got 2,000 calories per day. I'm going to have 300 of them from a snack bar. Yeah. Okay. I want you to have that and enjoy it. I want you to practice just saying, right, okay, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person having this food. It doesn't mean that I'm worthless. Um, this is part of my nutrition. Lots of positive affirmation. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and trying to, if you're trying to embody and install these principles, trying to do it in a self-compassionate way. You don't have to have all these prerequisite rules to then, they're, they're the criteria to hate yourself on. Nice. So practicing that as best you can. And it's human nature to, you know, we're very perfectionistic. And I say in the article as well is that the, the more things we try and control, the absence of the control then is a source of fear. You know, so if we can practice that compassionate dialogue ourselves, we'll be that much better off. So smash it, Gav. If you got one, uh, find balance with it. Find balance. Yeah. I think you've mentioned that many times yeah. today, and obviously in yeah. previous podcasts. For me personally, just be listening to your body. You know, if you're thirsty, have some water. Don't to think about your water intake. If you're hungry, have some food in moderation. Don't eat like four meals at once uh, yeah just listen to your body guys if you're feeling a bit tired take the day off the gym you know my tip always is just listen to the body guys guys I'd like to thank Gan and Josh for joining us on the podcast there Josh hopefully will join us again on the podcast soon we can go through some more nutrition so I really want to uh, uh, bring Josh more involved with FitSess in general just so we can get some more nutrition uh, advice because I think he, he's really really good I think we're on the same wavelength with a lot of things and also it's really good to promote different discussions guys thank you very much for joining us today cheers thank you guys